Welcome to BizTalk with Bill Roy, episode 22. Our goal is to provide you with insight into the people, places, companies, and organizations that make up Wichita's important business community. Thanks for listening, and sorry about the froggy throat. Coffee is big business, and Andrew Goff is working to get his share of the market. Goff founded Reverie Roasters, and he talks with us this week about how the business got started, where he got help, and what's next for Reverie. But first, some notes about the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. Remember the Goody Clancy plan for downtown Wichita? Well, reporter Brian Horwath digs into the plan to see if Wichita has followed it and what else needs to be done. This is Brian's first centerpiece for us. He produced a great story, page 12. And on Brian's reporter page, he writes about the demand for downtown living. It still appears strong. That's on page 4. Reporter Josh Heck features on his reporter page a story about Wichita's new orthopedic oncologist. That means fewer patients have to travel to see a pediatric cancer doctor, page 6. Our list this week, nonprofit executive compensation. We check to see how much nonprofit leaders are paid. You might be surprised. That's on page 8. This week, we spend 10 minutes with Jennifer McDonald. She announced this week that she's locating her urban winery, Jenny Don Sellers, at Union Station. That's on page 23. And check out who's taken out a building permit, who's filed paperwork for a new corporation, real estate transactions, and who owes back taxes. That's in our leads section, page 15. Now this. Welcome to the Wichita Business Journal Biz Talk podcast. Talking business is what the commercial banking team here at Equity Bank does best. Visit equitybank.com slash napkin dash stories. Andrew Goff started his business while he had another job. He realized if he was to grow the business to its potential, he had to quit and devote all his time to Reverie Roasters. He talks about being part of the first group of startups to get help from the E2E Accelerator, and he has some advice for others who are thinking about starting a business. Tell us a little bit about yourself, first of all. We're going to get into the business and get into some of the things you've been doing here over the last couple of years, but... Let's get to know you a little bit better. Tell us where you grew up. Well, I grew up here in Wichita and uh, actually from third grade on and graduated from Andover High School. Um, Family, my father still lives in Andover, so I still consider myself an Andover Trojan. But I graduated in 98 and went to K-State and uh, attended school there um, until the fall of 02. And I got a degree in uh, mass communications journalism with an emphasis in public relations. Um, ironically, I started my school career in college um, in hotel restaurant management, and then I determined I would never want to be in that business because it was <laughs> very complicated. Um, and it's interesting how things work out. Um, end up uh, back in that area you know, a few years later. Right. Uh, post-college, um, I kind of, like you hear now, went home, lived at home for... Oh, a little over a year or so. Um, I graduated in the fall, so the, in the springtime, um, my first career, first job outside of my career was back at a restaurant I used to work at. Um, they knew it was temporary. I ended up getting into insurance sales and uh, eventually joined my father's team of financial advisors. I uh, had a newly formed producer group called Golf Financial Group okay. and later got my securities licensing and um, that was in 04, um, and for about four and a half years, I worked with them on their team until I decided to move into um, more of a narrowly defined role within the same industry, 
uh, and I took a job working with uh, the good folks at Intrust Bank and Nesteg University, and I was an education coordinator for a retirement planning company. So my job was to go out and advocate on behalf of the uh, employees of plans to help them figure out how to save and why it's important to save. And so I kind of took the things I really loved about working with customers and clients um, and putting it into the area that I think I've, I was probably most suited for. We've known your background as mostly in the financial services, but you do have some of that customer service direct one-on-one sort of personal service side of you too that you, you have had. And and now you're you're kind of coming full circle with Reverie. Uh, tell yeah. us about how that came about uh, after interest. Well, so while I was working for uh, the bank, I uh, had kind of funny how things work out. I was actually sick when I decided I wanted to leave my father's company, and I applied for the job at Intrust, and I was homesick during the holidays, and I had been talking with someone about the possibility of opening a, a coffee business, and I went online and, and made some connections and ended up purchasing a coffee roaster on my credit card like while I was homesick. Um, <laughs> and, and, and we created a business plan after that. We uh, took lease shortly after that on a building and started the renovation process. And about four and a half months later, we opened our retail doors with um, a small loan that I had taken out and um, uh, the, the, the capital I'd used to put into the machine was my contribution. And of course we ran out of money like right away <laughs> and, and went back to the bank and it worked out. Um, but um, that all happened while I was working at the bank. And it put me in an interesting position because um, apparently you're supposed to ask permission for these things <laughs> right. of your employer. And I didn't know that was an issue. I had some some advice from a friend who said, oh, just let them know on your next time they ask you about your outside business activity. And um, But it worked out. I had a lot of support from from the leadership there. Um, and it was a good experience. And uh, But about two, two years into opening, a little over two years, I knew that my time had come. I'd actually been in that position uh, working with my boss, uh, Scott at the time, uh, who'd been there longer than anybody else in that role. Uh, I, w- I think I'd been in that role longer than anybody else except him. And I, it's just because I loved that part of the business. Right. And there was really nowhere else to go in that same department, you know. Um, and so uh, that's when I said, you know, this is, for me to get this, uh, to do this full time, I'm going to have to change something. And so we met the folks at KSBDC, the Kansas um, Small Business Development Center, and put together a, a kind of a new plan. And in that plan, I was able to obtain additional financing to then fund an expansion and reclassify all of our loans to, uh, to a new loan package, um, start a new relationship with a new bank, um, which was kind of part of that process I had to um, because turns out I shouldn't have, you know, I was working with the company I worked for. That right. didn't work out so well. Right. So uh, it was a great, you know, I was really afraid of leaving Intrust because, I, you know, I built these relationships and I thought they're going to be disappointed. And it turns out they're incredibly happy for us. And, you know, not in the way like, oh, we got rid of that guy. It was <laughs> right. like, hey, w- w- this is exciting to see where people go. And so I kind of got over that real quick and went into a renovation of our business and um and about two and a half months after leaving the company and, and renovating my own space to what what it's like today i then had to figure out what to do next because i didn't serve coffee on our bar i wasn't the roaster i wasn't really going to replace those people i was going to have to figure out what my job was right and so it took a few months after that to really figure that out and then the story kind of changes into uh in 2000 
uh, the late 2015, you know, we heard about one million cups coming to Wichita, right. and I wanted to be a part of that. Uh, all these great supporters that said you should be a part of it, which turned into, hey, you need to speak at it too. Hey, you really need to apply for this E to E thing. Right. And and so that's that's kind of what happened. I want to get into E to E because I know that's been an important resource for you. It sounds like KSBDC was also a great resource for you. But initially, why coffee? You know, probably in 2005 or six, I had done a fundraiser um, for for an organization or been a part of one, supported one, and and I had met a coffee roaster as part of that process, and it completely opened up my mind to what coffee could be. Um, at that point, you know, what I really knew was what you got at the grocery store, maybe at a gas station, just like most of us. But specialty coffee which was not even something I was really familiar with. Um, Starbucks, of course, existed, but I, was never, I wasn't much of a connoisseur. Mm-hmm. I mean, I drank it because everybody else did, but right. I didn't quite understand why <laughs> until later. And so that never left my head. That was just something that was always there and something that I, um, I you know, I, was, I had a friend who was interested in it as well. And that kind of helped you know, me put this together, that this is something that we could maybe do together. Um, and after we opened the business, unfortunately, it just... It, it, even though we got it up and running, it, it didn't seem like the partnership was going to work out. And so it took some time to, to resolve that. In fact, it, it put a lot of stress on, on our business. Um, but once we were able to resolve that, the business finally took off. And um, it's what you see today. And so it's been a good experience. And I learned a lot. Um, and I hope at the end of the day we're both in better positions you know, than we were. Right. You were working at Interest Bank. What was it that gave you that initial spark of confidence to say, okay, I want to buy this roaster and get started? I think maybe curiosity. Um, that's probably the thing I could attribute most to. I don't really know a lot in this world. You know, I, For example, people think I know everything about money because I worked <laughs> at a bank, and then right. I have to explain to them that I, I typically work with people who – have never saved a dollar in their life and that's my people right um i just say i work at the bank because everybody knows who they are and it's easier to explain that but um it was my i I was curious about this this opportunity i was curious because um i didn't know enough about it and that's how you learn is just immerse yourself in something and also i knew there was an opportunity because this idea of specialty coffee was really not developed in wichita at all um the same types of things that we have experienced for years are really still the same. And there was nobody really pushing the boundaries. You know, when I finally started traveling uh, as a grown up and realizing what was out there, I realized how much we were missing out. And, you know, the old Wichita is about 10 years behind. Right. Or Kansas is 10 years behind. Uh, it was very true in this scenario. Um, and, and so I thought, hey, this is a good opportunity because as the world is changing around us, First in is going to really help out. And we have some great you know, players in, in the Kansas area that have been doing that. Um, and I thought, well, why not Wichita? We really didn't have anything that pushed specialty coffee in the direction of quality. And so that was one of the first pillars we ever said was, like, we have to be quality first. Um, because most, most people weren't in that arena. It right. was more about product offerings or um, being different in a not-so-quality way, but just, you know, trendy, you know. And so we wanted to we wanted to try to show an alternate and actually create products that can be sold to people who are depending on coffee sales for the success of their business. But that's not what really we ended up becoming known for. Right. The business opened in 2013. How is it different now from then? 
In 2013, our idea was to be a wholesale coffee provider. So we were looking to serve other businesses, business to business. Um, we had a single bistro style table with two chairs and a couch. Um, and today I think our, our capacity is 65 and we serve, you know, between 250 and 350 customers a day. Um, you know, I remember the first day we were open, we made a hundred dollars and 51 cents. Like that was the <laughs> amount that we deposited. And I thought that was awesome. Uh, cause I figured, well, you know, I'm paying a person this and we made more than that. That's good. But then I had to learn everything. That's not exactly all that, you know, it works out to be. Um, so today, I mean, uh, we have 22 employees as of, um, yesterday. I think today we, we actually just agreed to hire three more people, uh, starting next week. Um, we are, um, we have divisions or departments in our company from the cafe to the wholesale. And we have a service company we've started to be able to respond to our own needs, our own customers' needs, as well as anybody else in town that feels like they need a quality service company to take care of their equipment, um, which is hard to find. Um, there's, it's, it's a busy industry, and there needs, there's a lot of opportunity to help people. You're finding other ways to gain revenue. Yeah, but I, I know I, I, I tend to operate that business as as a not as a profit leader, you know, as one that just supports the other one. I feel right. like we can be more profitable, get to be profitable if we are operational. And when you have to depend on another company to service, it just you know too many times if the phone isn't picked up or um, the work is not done to the quality standard that we need or our customers need. In right. fact, we would get calls all the time from people saying that my current provider is just not available or they're not, they're charging me too much. And, and we wanted to fix that. Um, but first it was about serving ourselves because, you know, we've acquired quite a few assets that have to be serviced, take care of. Do you have trouble finding employees? We talk to companies all over the place in different industries saying, man, it's tough to find people. Do you have trouble finding employees? You know, I will, no, I'm, I mean, I don't want to brag or boast about it, but when you operate a company that is built with you know, good character, um, and, and one that is pushing the boundaries for the quality. Um, and these are the things that people that move to coffee are looking for, for the most part, we find some of the best people that are for our industry here. Um, and they come to us. It's usually, we know about them well before we put a notice out and we've only had to put notices out twice. We've almost always been able to fulfill from, you know, relationships we've built with customers, um, you know, most of the people that are in coffee in Wichita, they like to go around and we know who they are right. and they come to us when they're ready to switch over. And sometimes we get to hire them. So, um, it's only a few times we've had to go after folks and ask them if they wanted to join our team. Um, and, and so far it's been really good. We've had very low turnover over the years. Um, so it's been good. You were part of the first ETE cohort group. Uh, tell us about that experience, what that was like. It was great. We, you know, being asked to join and in, to enroll in that, um, I, I didn't know exactly what I was getting myself into. I was really busy and didn't read the fine print too deeply. I just knew that this was important, so I did it, and it was a great experience. Um, it was a lot of business information really fast. It was a huge commitment of time. We, we took every Monday from 8 to 5 p.m., off. So imagine being gone from your work 20% of the time. Right. And then there's other things we did in between. Um, it was a big commitment. Um, met some amazing people. I think the thing I took away the most was the, there are people willing to help in this community, uh, in the business. Um, 
uh, business community mentorship, for example. That's a learn. That's something I've always enjoyed doing, and now I, I'm looking for opportunities to receive that. I mean, you just have to ask. You know, that was that was the. I think we're reluctant at times. Even when I was working at the bank, I was reluctant to ask questions because I always felt like people didn't want to hear about it. Um, and the reality was, people were dying to help. They you just had to make yourself available. And so I learned a lot. I gained a lot. Met some amazing people that have helped us even more. You know, along than you can imagine. Um, so I'm highly um, supportive of, of what they do. Is that your advice? You're looking to begin a business, uh, start a business. Uh, just ask questions and uh, look for people to help you out. They're, they're willing to do it. Do you have other advice for folks too? I think that if you're going to do what you just said is to ask and tell people about what you do, be receptive to their advice because right. I think a lot of people have already figured out what they want to do and they don't want the advice. They just want to be heard. And, and I've learned to put all that aside because when someone who's way smarter than you that has been very successful, um, even if they have no idea what you're doing, in fact, most of the time they don't have a clue what they're doing, but they, they've run businesses that have done extremely well. Um, they have great advice to provide you. And, and, and the other thing, too, is don't expect them to give you the answers. I think that's a misnomer. Most people, or not most, a lot of people probably believe that they're going to go to a mentor to tell them exactly what to do. And the reality is a good mentor is going to leave you asking questions. You know, So what do you think is the right thing to do? Or here's some things I might do. What would you do? And it turns out that that's the way I was able to come to understanding a lot of things. And I, the best mentor relationships, mentor-mentee relationships are when um, you've listened, you've gone and made good decisions and gone back to those people and said, this is what I've done. And they, they give you the nod, said yes. You know, um, That means that their advice is being listened to and their time is being valued. I think that's one big thing. A lot of people don't value the other person's time. You've established relationships there that continue to this day? I did. Yeah, um, not only with the cohorts that were part of the team and the leadership group over there, but um, from the board of directors on up into the community, you know, people that were just mentors that are still helping out today. Um, they're, they're, they come to our shop. They, they always want to know what's going on. Um, I feel like I can call on any one of them at any time if I ever need to. Just have to make sure it's the right time. Tell us about the vision for the next year, two years, three years for Reverie. Well, for sure, it's uh, known now that we're going to open a second location um, almost around the same time as our flagship location moves just down the street. Uh, we'll be opening in the Garvey Center um, as a second unit. We've got our eye out on a third um, unit that I can't speak too much about, but we're interested in opening another unit here in town. Um, I like locations that have built-in audiences now. Brick-and-mortar businesses are hard to operate, hard to um, make money at because they're very expensive right. to operate and set up. So. Partnering with good in, good firms and good businesses to, um, to to bring us in as an asset to them, um, so that's one very obvious thing to the public. Um, so our wholesale um, uh, department is, is ex continually expanding into the different areas of um, supplying offices, uh, churches, schools, restaurants, and other cafes. So we we look to see uh, to do more of that as as time goes on. Um, it's already it's something we can't hardly respond to fast enough. Um, we're still tiny, but in comparison to the big companies, um, we're just looking to provide an alternate um, you know, program that people can enjoy. Right. Well, it's uh, doing great so far, and we look forward to watching that in the future. Andrew Goff, uh, Reverie Roasters at 2611 East Douglas, thank you very much. And thank you. we'll be watching in the future. Appreciate you spending some Thanks, time Bill. with us. Thank you, Bill. Andrew is excited about his company's growth and will continue to watch and to write about Reverie Roasters.
At Equity Bank, stories of growing businesses are our favorites, so we created our own series. Visit equitybank.com slash napkin dash stories to watch the startup stories of great businesses across the Midwest. That's Biz Talk with Bill Roy for this week. It's a production of the Wichita Business Journal. On behalf of the great staff here, thanks for listening. Thanks once again to producer Brittany Showalter and to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Have a profitable week.